It's an all Fallout episode here on the Last Game Podcast. We review Fallout 76 and we take a look back at the series' legacy, from isometric beginnings to first-person failures. All that and more. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to another awesome episode of The Lasting Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mrs. Duffy, and joining me is good old co-host, Dr. Shafiq. Thank you for introducing me again. Why don't I introduce the guy who isn't here today? <laughs> ah, yes. Unfortunately, good old eccentric Tom is not here with us because he is off station doing, you know... Are we still doing the, the space stuff, station right? jokes? Okay. No, 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 no. Off station, as in like, okay. Then the, I can't think of it. Yeah. I mean, We're not okay, doing the station thing anymore. For all you fans of eccentric Tom, he's uh, spending some quality family time right now, and uh, we wish him the best, I guess. Yep, yep. But he'll be back soon. Yeah, it's a shame he doesn't. He's not with us right now because we're going to be talking about one of our favorite franchises in video game history, the Fallout series. Are you excited, Shafiq? Half. Excited okay, because excited. I'm only a fan of half of this franchise. Yeah, yeah. Unfor- Which I'll half? Be- mm, you'll have to find out. <laughs> yep, yep. But for now, we had to start off with the other half of this franchise because, as we all know, a few days ago, Bethesda just released the full version of the game, Fallout 76, a multiplayer version of a Fallout single-player game. I like how you said it's a full version of a multiplayer game. <laughs> okay, okay. quote-unquote which... full version of the game. Which is an oxymoron all to itself. There's no yeah, such thing. Yeah. I mean, okay, except for Quake 3, definitely. But, mm-hmm. so, um, if we didn't have enough bad news at BlizzCon, <laughs> <laughs> Fallout 76 dropped. I mean, the first thing I realized uh, that you know things were gonna be things were gonna be shitty was when I saw the price for this game. Yeah, how much was it? Please, drum roll. In Singapore dollars. Yep, it's a healthy hundred dollars for Jesus. a multiplayer-only game. What the hell, man? It's three what? times as much as PUBG, which is basically the same game. <laughs> yeah, most of these uh, AAA releases, they're about 70 sing or 79 sing, as I recall. And it's not Why even 100 av- for some reason? And it's not even available on Steam. Okay, this is like uh, on sale directly from the Bethesda website. So, yeah, they get all the monies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now we want to actually bring up the worst of Fallout so that we can actually talk about the best <laughs> of Fallout. So we go from the terrible to the sublime to the perfect so we have to start off at the very I mean not the very beginning like the very recent of Fallout's history which I mean is it wouldn't 76. be a lasting podcast if we didn't start with the shit show first so let's yeah, start with the shit true show that, true that, that is Fallout 76 76 reasons for you not to buy Fallout 76 yeah more like 86 this Fallout that's for sure Jeez. now I gotta ask you your initial impressions with Fallout 76 it's a hot piece of garbage <laughs> I spend $100 for nothing <laughs> No, literally no, nothing. There's us. nothing to do in this game. Okay, we should actually start from the beginning. Like, first you start off with the whole reclamation day. You gotta set up your characters and stuff. And then you get out of the vault, right? Very cool. Mm-hmm. And then you have to start looking for resources and building shacks and meeting up with people out there while surviving, if I recall. Just like all the other Fallout games where, you know, you're immediately thrust into a world full of depth and story... Uh, oh, none of that, huh? Yeah. They decided to do away with They decided to do away, do away with the one thing all us Fallout fans love. <laughs> the story. Which is atmosphere, narrative. Context. You which know, is really important. Because, yeah. like, yeah, what Fallout fans want is to basically mingle with uh, PUBG and Fortnite people, huh? 
I think now, that's... <laughs> what Bethesda mentioned earlier on before they released this game was apparently fans of the game and people who enter these servers can make their own stories, can become their own shopkeepers, can become quest givers of sorts. Do you see any of that happening right now with Fallout 76 when you played it? You know what's strange? I've met a couple of guys who have declared themselves to be actual NPCs. Okay, okay. And these are actual players and then their only job is go that way. <laughs> Or don't go that way. It's like, which is strange. But wait, does that make them N- NPCs then? Since they're non non playable characters, they're playable <laughs> NPCs, which is an oxymoron way to think about it, because they're being played by other people yeah. who are, well, you know, alive in real life and stuff, right? I don't know. These must be guys who play Eve. <laughs> yeah, the ones who would be like, mm, you know what? I kind of want to be part of the community. Just want to help out in a sense. And that's the crazy thing about this Fallout where without context, without tone, without atmosphere, how can this Fallout game work? Especially when you're... That's all you do. Scavenging, foraging, and building huts and building communities and stuff. Like in Fallout 4. I I mean, I don't even see any real community building prospects with this game. Because, uh, okay, where do we start? I mean, let's just call it for what it is. This is just uh, brand recognition used to trap us into buying a product that we do not really care about and they're just going to use the numbers to kind of justify whatever bullshit like you know things they come up with in future because uh, i mean we have to call it for what it is this is basically one of those it's a pubg clone <laughs> it's a pubg clone with the fallout like brand stapled all over it okay and stapled but with pubg you have an objective just be the last man standing in this one what is really your objective to survive or survive what Exactly, that's what I'm asking you, dude. You played the game. What do you survive from? I mean, you got monsters, I guess, and ghouls. I'm mostly but... surviving from boredom because there's literally... <laughs> I mean, Fallout 76 was a bit of a shit show during its initial announcement because, I mean, Bethesda tried to convince us that what was missing in Fallout was multiplayer. And I'm pretty sure you and me both alike, amongst all the, the Fallout fans, like we, we never we, asked for multiplayer. <laughs> we are confused at how Bethesda's who, going to tackle Who this. did you talk to? And who did you say? What, which Fallout fans said they wanted multiplayer in a Fallout game? <laughs> and then it happened. And then like, okay, were you involved in the beta testing? Mm, unfortunately, no. I've only saw videos of the beta testing and mm-hmm. I've only played 76 for like a scant few hours before realizing that... What level are you at now? I'm, I reached level 9 and I decided... Oh, uh, no, no, no. I'm like level 7, 8 around there. And that was yeah. when I decided like, is there a point to all of this, honestly? I mean, mm. sure, collecting cards. Because uh, how they handle the special systems is a little different because you get to allocate skill points when, and then when you level up more and more, you get more skill, uh, special points. Yeah. And for each special point you get, you get to add in like an extra card on your slot. And then if your card has a higher rank, like up to three if I recall, then it takes up like three of your special ranks or something. And each card actually is dependent on which uh, special uh, set you add. So Bro, maybe you- something that allows you to carry a lot of stuff, a card, will actually go to the strength. Uh, you, side of things. You can, you can see my eyes totally glossing over like I don't care <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares but you know what um, this is double-edged short I would say okay Bethesda I get it you want money and I yeah, do yeah. understand that you are a company and you do have staff that you need to pay and I think they're gonna keep this game going on despite the many complaints everyone has about this game people have like, been complaining about this game since it was announced I mean <laughs> 
The fact that Have they still went ahead with it. Have you seen the Metacritic bombing? <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. The what? The Metacritic bombing. The, the game got bombed hard, basically. Dude, Reviews and everything. Did you see the dislikes to likes ratio on the the trailer on YouTube? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Haven't you guys learned anything? <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, your ambition is to sell this to people, right? And if people don't like it, your next plan is to convince them that this is what they want. And, and how to fix do you, it, basically, how do you survive as a business again? <laughs> Isn't the business model to create product that people want? Okay, anyway, let's not go too deep about uh, what goes on in the executives' uh, boardrooms whenever... They... I mean... <sighs> but we can talk about what's going on with this. And, like, I gotta be... Let's be a little bit objective or maybe subjective about this next question. Do you think there's a future for this game if Bethesda pulls this shit together? Let me ask you a very simple question, uh, Mr. Toffee. Hmm. Why aren't you playing No Man's Sky? Yes, there you go. <laughs> Pretty much. There was not much of a purpose to No Man's Sky except to get reached to the far end of the galaxy. For this, for 76, I really don't know what I'm doing, honestly. Like, yes, it's fun to level up, maybe, if I actually put more hours and if there weren't any other games that were actually getting my attention. But without much context and without much atmosphere being built into a particular game like this, I really don't see a point in continuing on. Like, call a game for one. Okay, let's bring up another comparison for another open world game like uh, Far Cry 5. There was some context to what you're doing because you're just trying to get the hell out of the hellhole that you're in and rescuing your cop buddies. But at the very least, the gameplay was kind of fun, even though the story is a bit half-baked and simple. For Fallout 76, even if you're teaming up with people, you kind of have to form your own stories. It's not a developed game. Like, you expect something developed from a developer or producer, like, when it comes to building these things. And what you get in the end is still... I guess you're paying for a $100 better when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, this totally feels like nothing more than an early access game. And another thing is... What really hurts the most is that... Okay, I still drop money for this, but... Then I also feel like, okay, I am just contributing to the cluelessness that is the people behind this game. And if we're letting them get away with stuff like this, like, just think of the kind of crap they'll pull off. Imagine, you know what, I, I'm gonna call it, you know what's the next uh, addition to this will be? Fallout Shelter 2. Worse. <laughs> Why? I can safely say they're gonna try and include, like, loot boxes or some sort of microtransactions to justify keeping the servers alive or whatever. Or an actual battle royale mode between Vault Hunters, which does not make sense, honestly. I mean, okay, we have to also, like, if you want to see a comparison, right, if you want to compare it to the rest of the franchise, and the, the rest of the franchise has been very inconsistent in terms of quality. Okay, we both agree on that. And what's sad is also the fact that it started out so amazing. <laughs> And it's been nothing but a steady decline, a little bit of a bump up for somewhere along the middle, and then it went down, and now this is just it, like nose diving into like the oblivion, pit. <laughs> into yeah, yeah, Elder Scrolls Oblivion right here. Yes. This is basically, this is, um, I mean, quite not quite the debacle that was uh, Diablo Immortal, I would say, because this is still a game. And because it's... sometimes I even wonder whether this is the same engine they're using from Fallout 4, except just, you know, built upon or modified. Like, if for a game like this to work, not only you have to rebuild it from the ground up with something more stable, yeah, but agree. at the same time, 
figure out like I'm gonna take a bit of out 3-4 context wise and then the other half of the game like the end game like most MMOs do your own stuff um, explore the rest of the countryside you know and build your own story from there like the first half of the game should have been a bit more how do you say driven like a Fallout game I mean, if there was raids, if there was like actual objectives for people to actually be more involved in, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, like an MMO, basically. Like, why you can just why not just copy from something that works if you're gonna go for the online route? I mean, they've been doing nothing but copying from other things that work and slapping the Fallout sticker on it. And this doesn't <laughs> seem to work for for obvious reasons. Yeah, which is strange because like this is um, okay. Wait, what was the big release for Bethesda last year? It was Doom, right? No, no, it was uh, Wolfenstein. Bethesda was definitely Wolfenstein Two, the, old, and the no, like, new Colossus, new Colossus. And then, like, which I'm like also fifty fifty about. Uh, but then this game happened, and I was thinking to myself, it's okay. This is the year that's supposed to be Fallout. Next year should be Elder Scrolls, right? Next? No, no, no. Elder Scrolls will probably be another two years. Maybe even longer, have... right? Because they promised six, right? They have Rage 2 coming out next year and Which another I'm game. I'm kind of looking forward to because I was a fan of the first one but it doesn't have that very uh, significant John Carmack ID stamp on it so this I'm going to be a little bit you know wary about what that product would be. But, but I know that the future for Fallout 76 would be like more content la, basically like more build, like more items more hopefully more context and god forbid if there's a single player mode that comes in without needing you to go online that would be pretty helpful. Maybe. I doubt so. I mean, I don't think there's going to be any real impetus for Bethesda to actually incorporate any sort of uh, single-player mode. Because the thing is, if they did have single-player mode planned, that would have been the first thing to come out the gate. Because I don't think... Um, like, a lot of people who are apologizing for this game look at it as something like what there's they did. There's nothing to apologize. But go on, go on. <laughs> but, I mean, like, do you remember GTA Five when they released the multiplayer stuff first? Mm-hmm. With the promise of the actual full-on game later, we just needed like, some data to see whether like uh, the multiplayer module would work at all. And then, okay, now we're gonna incorporate all the single-player stuff that you and your friends can also be involved in. You mean the heist, right? I mean, yeah, but you do remember, right? like uh, GTA Five, when especially on the PC release, they did the multiplayer stuff first, then the actual game came out. Really? No, yeah. because when I remember it correctly, when I bought it on the PS3, that was. I got the single player bit but the multiplayer was one that's being built upon like the, the mm. promised heist only came out like a year later when I think the PC version yeah, came out that's what I was thinking about it was basically like they need to figure that out first because like the differences between like developing a game like a multiplayer game for something like consoles right is like the architecture is pretty much uniform it's like if you're building it for PS3 or Xbox all Xboxes are the same all PS3s are the same whereas something like this right you have an entire spectrum of uh, PC like uh, configurations and combinations, right? All the different video cards, all the different operating systems, all the different motherboards, and all the stuff that you need to kind of, uh, you know, equate and you need to like calculate for. And also at the same time, like if they were to just say like, okay, we're gonna release a multiplayer Fallout game, we'll make it free. But it's all about data. It's gonna be a closed beta. We're only gonna allow certain people to join early access. It early access it, but I'm pretty sure somebody up in the boardroom was like thinking, no, 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 no. We we need to charge money for this. We need some sort of revenue for this, and like, which is why it's not on Steam straight away. Because like, imagine this on Steam and all the negative reviews it will get. Yeah, this was only available on the Bethesda downloader last I checked. Yeah, you can only get it through the Bethesda website, and like, like okay, it was already such a sting in the gut when I looked at the price point entry. It's like a hundred dollars for a game 
that's barely a full game. I mean, it's 2018. I do understand that, like, okay, there are games that exist that are just purely multiplayer. Mm-hmm. But none of them are a hundred fucking dollars out the gate, sir. Yeah, and there are actually other multiplayer games where you just spend, like, what, 30 or even free if you're looking at Fortnite or... Um, oh, dude, even, like, games like uh, Warframe and all that that's been around, those are free games with single-player experiences. Which is probably what's gonna happen very soon to Fallout 76, because I think after all this initial backlash and people start voicing enough opinions, because I'm pretty sure as of this recording, embargoes are slowly ending, and people yeah. are finally going out, uh, they're, they're finally posting their reviews, and I can't wait to see the torrent of... Yeah, the hate vitriol and venom. That's probably I can see the reviews. Um, this isn't a finished game. You gotta Bethesda fix your shit. Dot dot dot. You know those sort of kind of reviews. Which... It's that this is what's gonna happen. It's it has potential for people who are looking at the bright side of the coin la. On the other flip side, yeah, this ain't this is rushed. This is not finished. I mean, yeah, and but I think that's the thing. We need to vote with our wallets. We need to kind of like we need to educate all you last game fans out there. Don't make the mistake we made. <laughs> Save yeah. your money. Don't buy Fallout but 76. But on the flip side, um, games like No Man's Sky, when they released, they were panned. But after a year or so later, people actually liked it because of all the improvements that came in after a year or so later. I mean, the same can be said about Mass Effect Andromeda, which is a game I panned hardcore. <laughs> yeah. I hated that game. They kind of fixed it. But okay, that's another, that's another thing I also want to bring up because we can't allow companies to give us bullshit unfinished product with zero R&D, zero Q&A, yeah. And then basically, you know, basically when you release a game like this, then we become the testers. We are the ones who have to confirm things for you. Yeah, you can't do that, honestly, because people eventually, these people like us, we're going to just lose trust and lose faith in you and then not buy a Bethesda game ever, eventually. (laughs) Which is why I'm I'm pretty much uh, convinced, right, this would be, I mean, aside from uh, what Sony is doing with the PlayStation, which is nothing but quality games. Yeah. Single player games, mind you. Quality single player games. Like, PC wise, you know, like I think this is the perfect time for the next wave of indie games to kind of take over and like remind all these AAA assholes, like, okay, you gotta start making games that that are, are complete, not just a complete that you can game with, that you can play. Like essentially, what do what do people want to do with games? They want to play. They don't want to share experiences or screenshots. They don't want to create a community. Most of the times, when you play a Fallout game, the first thing you want to do is like. Who can I? Whose day can I ruin, and how badly can I ruin it? You know, which is like been missing from a lot of the Fallout games in recent years. And that's a crazy thing. Um, there was this survival game called Rust that came out years ago. That's basically Fallout seventy six. It just doesn't look as polished, or doesn't even have that backing from Bethesda. Or and could, even then, that's a better game when you think about it. I'll I'll even go one more step further. Uh, an even more recent game that came out this year, Metal yeah. Gear Survive. <laughs> which is actually not bad for what it is it's not a Metal Gear game okay because it's doing the same thing where it's trying to trap all the, the loyalists and all the, the fans of the brand yeah. by, like, and they're definitely basically yeah the game, they're just confusing sure. people with IP you know it's like it's a Metal Gear game kinda sorta no it's not it's survived and when you play it it's actually it's a for it's price you know it's half the price of this piece of shit <laughs> and there's more things to do and there's a narrative and there's like basically um, uh, I would say this um, I mean, yeah that is, it's, lo- it's really telling that if your Metal Gear cash-in is actually doing better than your <laughs> Fallout cash-in that, that's a lot of problems right there that Bethesda we live in dangerous needed. times when Metal Gear yes. Survive is actually a better game than a Fallout game <laughs> 
It is. Yeah, it's a terrible time, man. Now I'm worried about Death Stranding again. <laughs> What's that game about? <laughs> Nobody That's knows. Probably next year or the year after that. We'll see. Jeez, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure somebody's filleting like Hideo Kojima right now. Because that's, he, that, that's Sony. Sony is filleting them. Is, him, is, him. Has there been, was he a no-show at the VGS? I didn't pay attention to the awards. Uh, the awards show is only uh, next month. It's next month? But it, yeah. He's probably going to appear because he's Jeff Keighley's friend. <laughs> is he going to bring his yeah, cooler yeah. friends like Guillermo yes. del Toro or Matt Mikkels? I'm very sure he will. <laughs> or Norman Reedus. You know, like, that would be so awkward, right? Like Hideo Kojima sitting with all his cool friends. Jeff Keighley like sidles up to him and he's like, he gets like the cold shoulder like, no, 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 I'm talking to Hollywood now. <laughs> you know yeah, Hollywood. No. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, Jeff Keighley. Yeah. <laughs> we love but anyway, as it stands, Fallout 76... Not a good game. Not a good game. It is Made 76 a upon work. a billion. <laughs> yeah. But I will still give it a bit of a chance. I really? mean, maybe in another year or so. If Bethesda gets their act together. Okay, I'm on a different... Because, let's not forget, when Elder Scrolls Online came out, people shat all over that. But it actually got better when they had it free to play. So, that's, that's again, all our advice to, to you Last King fans, right? Don't buy Fallout 76. It's definitely going to go free to play. Wait for that Eventually. to happen. And then you can loot crate your way to success. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Advice from good old Dr. Shafik. There you go. Yes, trust me. I'm a doctor. Yeah. I'm not yeah. really a doctor. He, I buys just... it so you, he buys it so you don't have to. I bought it so you don't have to. Now, now if only it was on Steam so I can get a refund. Fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, we should move on to the other Fallout since it's actually more or less a retrospective Slash, uh, yeah, we want to have a nice Fallout. conversation amongst all of this because yeah, basically, we want this conversation to go to a more bright path. <laughs> Remember the good old days, okay? But before we uh, go back to the glorious, uh, yeah, okay, let's just skip one step back and you want to talk about Fallout 4 and how it just proves my point about basically yeah, how should... it's all about. We, I'm gonna call that for what it is. Oh, it's Minecraft with the Fallout sticker on it. Fallout 4 is basically a game that tries out so many different ideas and just half-asses all of them. Yep. From construction building, to house building, to even doing little side quests, to even like romancing your partners. Like All you do is like, okay, you sleep together, you rest well, and you got some partnership peer bonus thing, but that's it. Nothing else happens from there. And even, like, even the story itself feels a bit like, oh, you can join a faction here and there, but... It's either boiling down to support your uh, family or don't. That's it. It's really up to you. I feel that everything that was good about the past Fallout games, how how thematic and how morally great it was, just turns a bit black and white in this one, in part 4. I would and say don't forget it's about not the really whole... black and white. I mean, like the problems I have with all the modern Fallout games, starting from part 3 onwards, is basically how it tries to be as unambiguous as possible which makes it a little bit dull and a little bit i would say uh lacking any real sense of conflict and consequence and i was this feels yeah definitely definitely you know there I mean? was actually much less of that it feels like you're more of an observer than uh initiator i mean not just that i mean like guy. okay if you want to talk about fallout 4 first right aren't we supposed to rescue your kid why am I wasting time joining the Railroad and the Brotherhood and the Minutemen? Why do I need to help Cricket get this thing? You know what I mean? Whereas yeah, yeah. And, and don't forget, when you join in the Minutemen, all those quests that you receive are all generated randomly, like, automatically. There's those no quests thought. are fucking annoying because basically... Yeah, they're, they don't, they're not given any thought or whatever. It's just like, 
generated by a program that Bethesda created. Like, hey, you need to go and rescue the settlement and you'll be in the middle of something important. Uh, and then that's the, the problem I have with basically Fallout 4. You don't feel like the lone wanderer because basically, I just feel like why am I babysitting this post-apocalyptic wasteland yeah, which doesn't feel like, feel like the, a post-apocalyptic wasteland? You feel like you're babysitting everybody, basically. Which is like... I kind of see how that can be enjoyable because I spend more time gussying up all my settlements than I do actually paying attention to what I'm supposed to be doing in the main story mission. I totally don't care about my kid anymore. I just want to make sure like all my corn is aligned properly yeah. in this It settlement. actually feels more like you're being, you're building The Sims or you're actually part of The Sims together in Minecraft, together with like that um, when you own a house in Skyrim. Like it feels like a conglomeration of that except, you know, Bethesda kind of expanded upon it, you know, to the point where it's super detailed in a way. I wouldn't even say super detailed because, like, you're just using prefabs because, like, all your houses will eventually look the same. They're, like, they're just these gaudy rectangular blocks. Some have curved walls. Cool. But, like, <laughs> even, like, when you use, like, uh, the wood preset and then you just see all the different uh, prefabricated, like, um, just the, the, the shacky kind of... Uh, additions to your homestead right and you think to yourself right, right. Uh, okay cool I made a shack oh I need four beds because four people decide to settle here okay yeah, yeah. wait I can't make beds because I don't have enough screws mm-hmm. now I need to wander out into like the city to find fans cool this game is so fallout right now <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's not Fallout that just feels like a Bethesda open world game that just happens to have the Fallout trappings more or less and I mean it has zero Fallout trappings there's nothing yeah. about Fallout 4 that is anywhere equivalent to the greatness that is Fallout 1 and 2 of course of course and also at the same time I mean like even Fallout 3 to that matter uh, but like I would say like Fallout 3 was basically I mean I don't want me to jump around but I think like it's very easy to compartmentalize the Fallout games to basically one two the rest mm-hmm. you know what I mean because it's basically the classics okay the two masterpieces and then it jumps into the 3D era and then basically this is uh, Fallout trying to do a GTA this is Fallout trying to like okay we're now FPS we're now uh, 3D rendered worlds we're they're now- trying to make something that was meant to be niche and for CRPG fans into something a bit more Commercial, for, yeah, Let's commercial. Say it for what for it is, better or worse, yeah. Because they saw GTA three and they thought, "Yep, there's gold in them dar hills. We should definitely go and uh, jump on that bandwagon." And it worked to an extent because, like, I am one to admit that there's a certain level of immersion that you get when you are in a three D rendered world. There is a certain level of scale and scope, mm-hmm. but at what cost? Because if you understand, like, Fallout 1 and 2, yeah, younger guys may not appreciate its very dated graphic style. But it is very immersive in its own way when you got the dialogue, when you got engaging characters. That when you it can has talk to. a very specific tone and atmosphere that is consistent throughout the game. Where you play yeah. something like Fallout 3 or Fallout 4, where it doesn't even feel like the wasteland because this place is just populated with all sorts of people. It feels like window dressing, like whatever Bethesda took from the Fallout games, part 1 and part 2, were mostly just that, window dressing and assets. I mean, okay, like... Created in 3D, but that's it. I mean, think of it this way, uh, Fallout 76 is basically, you know, the, the hot, trendy, battle royale style FPS game, so they have to jump on that bandwagon. 
Okay, so Fallout 4 is basically Minecraft. I think it's actually more of a Destiny 2 bandwagon, but yeah, it's still online. But you know what I mean? It's like basically, yeah, yeah. oh, it's about you and a bunch of guys playing together because that's like what's really trending right now. And then, okay, of course, you have to pay attention. I mean, Fallout 4 is basically, yeah, everybody seems to like this Minecraft. Everybody had a Minecraft ripoff. We need a Minecraft ripoff. Yeah, people like building stuff, so there you go. Yeah, and it was kind of fun, but unfortunately, it provided too much of a distraction. It kind of dislocated me from what it is that is the Fallout universe. You know what I mean? Yeah, it lost focus about what Fallout was supposed to be in the first place. Yeah. It's supposed to be the narrative, supposed to be problem solving in depending on what skill sets you have. Or depending tone. on your uh, sadistic demeanor. <laughs> yes, that too, that too. I always pick the bloody mess trait no matter what. You know what? Sometimes the best way to end an argument is to shoot somebody in the nuts. Yeah. Okay, I miss that that Fallout. You know, whereas something like uh like you know the, the 3D Fallout games, they're not Fallout games. They don't have that certain, as Tom would say, je ne sais quoi, that certain X factor that really kind of like... The personality of the original two Fallout games has been lost and diluted over the years. Okay, it did have a little bit of a dead cat bounce with Fallout New Vegas. I uh, would agree... That's where I, I kind of contest because when they brought in the old team, I mean some of the old guys, yeah. they actually got what Fallout was in when they did part 2. Yeah, and I agree and with they you. Brought that. It does have uh, a lot of similarity to the first two games. And instead of rehashing what Fallout 1 and 2 did like they did with part 3, mm. Fallout they made it New Vegas is an entirely new story, except it's still in the same timeline as part 2, where it's like, I think it was 10, 5, 50 years, 100 years later or so, a new continent, a new area of America, its own tone and everything. In mm. fact, there are actually some characters from part 2 that made an appearance and that actually makes sense. Like, uh, Marcus is super mutant, if I recall. I mean, yeah, but that's cool and all, but it's just basically pandering to the fans. It's like... Oh, no, no, no. The Pandering is part 3. To a, to a T. Without part any 3 isn't whatsoever. pandering to anybody. Part 3 doesn't care about Fallout fans. Part it 3 is basically... No, no. I mean, I, I mean the skin and everything, but it's hollow. It's hollow pandering, in a sense. No, I think you misunderstand what I'm trying to get at. Because, like... Basically, Fallout New Vegas was the perfect response to Fallout 3. When yes. Fallout 3 came out, it was basically a new studio. It wasn't Black Isle, it was basically... Uh, uh, Obsidian, you know, the who consisted of uh, Black Isle guys as well. But it wasn't the original team, it wasn't the original designers, it wasn't the true... like the. Uh, Chris Avalon was part of the original team, actually. He did he Fallout was 3? Part two. No, he did Part 2. I'm talking about 3. 3... No, no one did. No one actually appeared That's in... That's what uh, I just said. Ah, yes, yes. Pay attention. Yeah, no one does that, yes. <laughs> so, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, Fallout 3 is basically you handing the keys to the Batcave to somebody, and then the guy's like, I have no idea how any of this works. Tell you what, we're working on this uh, Elder Scrolls game. Why don't we just put the skin on that? And that's what li it literally is. Because, ask any Fallout fan, yeah, Fallout 3 is basically an Elder Scrolls game with laser guns. Yeah, with Fallout skins. That's yeah, basically that's it. what I'm trying to get at, okay? And that's why I'm saying it's not pandering to the fan base because it's, uh, hey, all those things you liked, what are those things you liked? Okay, we'll put them in part four. So it's like, okay, that's cool. So it does um, include things. It's basically like looking at references in Marvel movies, like, oh, look, it's that character from that obscure thing that I like. Yeah, you and I mean? that's also the problem with part 3, part 4. It's just references. Yeah, exactly. Else. That's what I'm Nothing saying. It's more. like, um, whereas part 1 and part 2 had a very distinct, acerbic, very dark, macabre, 
kind of like uh, nihilistic like undertone. The dark, the dark humor with it too that goes along. It was with it. pitch black. How like gruesome the first two Fallout games was, right? And then you enter something like Fallout Three. So I was very forgiving of Fallout Three when it first came out because I thought to myself, okay, this is basically baby steps. They're trying to do something. These are not the original guys. They're figuring things out. Fine, I'll forgive them. Then Fallout New Vegas came out, and I was like even more forgiving. It's like it's not as good as Porn and Two, but I can see the progression. I can see that they're aiming for something now. Yeah, yeah. And then they dropped Fallout Four, and I was like thinking, okay, we're back to this shit again. <laughs> and then Fallout Seventy Six come out, and it's like you know, it's the shotgun to the nuts again. It's like seriously. Do you not care about the people who, like, you know, actually who paid for money for your games in the first place? We are the one. Yeah. You, we are the one who bolstered this game into the pop culture icon status that it deserves. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, this is why I'm saying like when Fallout 76 came out, it it really felt like a betrayal. You know, as compared to what we used to, it's like, why are you taking something we love and you're shitting all over it? Fallout 76 is the kingdom of the Crystal Skull of the Fallout series. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's not a Fallout game. What the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, it is, it is crazy. Yeah, yeah. This is nothing to do with what we love. And worst thing is, like some asshole executive standing on the stage of E3 is telling us, you guys wanted multiplayer? Here's multiplayer. Nobody asked! No, we didn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> we, didn't we didn't ask for this. multiplayer. Yeah, who are you yeah. talking to? Who, who is this demographic of idiot monkeys you have stored away doing Q&A? telling you all these lies right which is why i actually like just going back to the past because that was like how we actually figured out why fallout worked back then before like what 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 bethesda's doing right now yeah and part four and part three we can all agree that yeah this isn't a fallout this game. isn't fallout it can, yeah it can be kind of fun but if you take it on its own merits as a as a i would have game, loved those games if they didn't call it fallout you know what i mean yeah if they wanted to go. do some yes. sort of post-apocalyptic kind of game or if they want to set it in the Fallout universe, you know what I mean? Make it like its own offshoot brand, which is why I kind of appreciate New Vegas because it doesn't try to replicate the genius that is 1 and 2. It yeah. does its own thing, but it stays, uh, I would say, it pays tribute to where it came from. It respects the legacy. It res- and yes, it was, I agree. Yeah. It respects the source material, which is and very important. And it actually important. was based off an old idea that Black Owl was supposed to do uh, after Fallout 2 came out. Van Buren, if you remember this old project back in the which yeah, it, it went it went vaporware very quickly. Yeah, yeah. everybody and saw the New screenshots. Vegas was basically a three D version of that idea with like Elo set in New Vegas, you know, like the gambling the gambling motif, especially when it comes to Mister House and everything and the, the career you deal with. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like Fallout New Vegas, despite like my qualms about it, I would say amongst the three D games, it is the best one. It is a superior one among the 3D games. Amongst, no like, from that. 3 to 76, like, yep. If you want to play a 3D Fallout, if you do not have, I would say, okay, if, if, you, do, if you don't have any ambition of playing the original Fallout games, but if you want to play something that is a close facsimile of what those games tried to attempt, I would definitely give it to New Vegas because New Vegas still kind of had that very snarky, biting kind of a narrative where it's basically, you know what? The more of an asshole you are, the better you'll do in this world. Yeah, yeah. And again, you know that whole factions thing that people didn't really ask for in the Fallout game? Mm-hmm. Apparently, it does make sense in this one because you can choose not to even be in a faction because if you know how to get yourself out of the jam, more or less. 
Yeah, you like, can you literally know, like, talk how... your way out of everything, right? Yes, you can. That was what I loved about Fallout 1 and 2 and you can do that in New Vegas if you have your good speed checks. And, you know, like, you have, like, your perks like bartering and all these different skills. It actually contributes to your speech check as well. Talk so, about New Vegas here? Yeah, yeah, New Vegas. Even your science perks and your skills also contributes to your speech check as well. And, uh, you know, I hate, I hate the fact that they just turned it into a chart in Fallout 4 which you just had to just oh, take yeah. off because it didn't feel personal natural. anymore. Yeah, it didn't feel natural yeah, at there all, was this, There was no organic progression throughout Fallout 4. It was just basically get to the next level. What do you need right now? Do you need to hack more terminals or do you need to, do, to pick more locks? Okay, you just put it there. Whereas yeah. in like the original games, like there was this sense of like, okay, if you can't pick this lock, there's definitely a drawer nearby with the password or there's a guy nearby with the key. You yeah, just gotta you can either steal or kill him. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Way. Yeah, exactly. Like you are convi- you are trained to think, right? No, this world is nothing but possibilities. Whereas Fallout Four felt like, oh, you want this thing? Yeah, you got to do this other thing first. What? You know what I mean? And th- that's what I kind of disliked a lot about Fallout Four because everything felt like padding. You know, and it everything. became very boring very quickly because it's just the most repetitive bullshit kind of. Go fetch this thing. Go protect this settlement. Oh, can you go over there and get this one thing in this one place? And there was... What's even worse mm-hmm. was just how mundane it felt. And you can actually be a broken character in the game because unlike the other Fallouts, Fallout 4, there is no skill cap to your specials. Basically, like, if you remember Part 1, Part 2, and Part uh, New Vegas, yeah. you had you had to... D- reallocate all your points and then you're stuck with them through the entire game you had game. to craft your character whereas in yeah. this fallout game was basically yeah you can just power leveling all the way through it works it works yeah. you know yeah you know what you can just find you get lucky find yourself a nice overpowered gun yeah you win you don't even need vats anymore yeah, yeah. and I would say this like mm, let's just say this like uh, 3, 4 and 76 right I mean let's just you and me at least those aren't fallout games no, they're not. They're, they're not, just Bethesda open world games. Like, Fallout New Vegas was definitely, to me, like, what I meant by the dead cat bounce was like, okay, it went up for a while. Like, okay, here, yeah. it's it, it seemed like it was going for something that was... Um, I didn't want it to do exactly what 1 and 2 did. I wanted it to do, take its chances and do what it wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I wouldn't put it in the same shelf as 1 and 2 because 1 and 2, is they're masterpieces. Whereas Fallout New Vegas is like, okay, this is this is the real baby steps. Like Fallout 3, when that came out, it was like, th- what I'm saying is like, why I was so apologetic was, maybe they're figuring things out. And then New Vegas perhaps, happened. Perhaps. And then New Vegas yeah. was like, okay, this seems promising. I can't wait for the next one. Yeah. And then, okay, Fallout 4. And then like Fallout 76 was the apology we were waiting for. We were like thinking. Multiplayer. And like, nobody asked. what? Okay, so it's like... <laughs> And then BlizzCon happened and like, oh man, yeah, somebody shit in my serial this year. Yeah, funny you <laughs> mentioned Fallout New Vegas because among all the Fallout games I've played, like even though I still have Fallout 1 and 2, I somehow like going back to Fallout New Vegas quite a lot. Not because of hardcore mode, for one. I love hardcore also, mode. <laughs> Permadeath, no, <but> also, yes. <laughs> but also because of like, apparently, like again, the Obsidian guys, the Black Out, the former Black Out guys actually took painstaking time to actually write every character's dialogue from you know just like from your choices you make and even from Mr. House to the NCR president to even uh, Kaiser as well like if you notice like the Kaiser, the, the, the Kaiser Legion for those who pronounce Caesar and Kaiser there's, there's a reason why they pronounce it different ways like 
those who are closer to Kaiser actually pronounce it as the Latin original term, whereas those who just join or are not really into it, they pronounce it Caesar. So you can tell there's actually some backstabbing dichotomy side story that goes on among the faction. Mm. And you're supposed to actually hate this, but hate the faction because they're the ones who are ruining New Vegas's world. But the truth, this is far from the truth because um, Kaiser's Legion, they have this motive where we're doing what we're doing because NCR is probably going to destroy itself in the future eventually. So why let them ruin the world themselves when we can just speed up the process and just unite humanity per se okay. in their own twisted way la. <laughs> it's like a strength it's like a survival of the fittest basically when you when it comes down to it I also like 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 a meritocracy actually matters in kaiser's legion compared to the ncr and even house's faction where house just wants to control everything right well, what's the, the faction you went with I went by myself basically. I you went solo. You, you, over, you, you stuck true to the to the fallout. You gotta be the lone wanderer, right? Yeah, pretty much. No, no <laughs> the lone courier basically. You you're the courier. I'm sorry. This time, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we how we we can't be lone wanderers. That's the yeah, original yeah, yeah. game. And you know what the really cool thing is when the expansions came out, especially when Lonesome Road, you're actually given the option to save yourself the trouble of going through all the hoops by having a nuclear detonation device point at either one of the factions you want. Or all of them, basically. No. I mean... So, I like those choices line in the sense, which kind of felt was definitely in the spirit of Fallout 1 and 2, as well as the moral ambiguity of things, because all these factions are neither good nor bad people. They're just living in this fucked up universe, you know? Like, they're just trying to survive no matter how, and it turns out that maybe Kaiser's Legion... I might like some ideas here and there, or I might even like the Follows of the Apocalypse ideas, or even the Brotherhood of Steel's ideals, but they're not good guys in the sense at all. They're just living in this universe the way they got it sorted out, like, more or less post Fallout, you know? But that's why I felt New Vegas was also. I felt that for me, like, it actually is up the shelf there with part one and two. Having said that, part two is still on top, so there you go. You can't say something's on the shelf and one's on top. Okay, okay. Some, okay, they're on the same shelf, la, more or less. Really? Yes. So if Fallout 1 and 2 is 90%, New Vegas is a 90% for you? Yes. Really? Yes, yes. Because of how it sticks to... I mean, it's, again, a sequel to Part 2, per se, and it still sticks to the same themes of the of the first and second game, per se, where you, have, you can deal with problems anyway you see fit. And if you want to do things yourself, yeah, go ahead. You can do that in uh, New Vegas as well. And the nihilistic tone is still present in there, although I feel that some of the humor can be a bit wacky, especially when it came to some of the robots like uh, Victor from uh, Mrs. House Faction, or even Yes Man, voiced by the guy from Newsroom, if I recall. There are actually some pretty weird choices for VOs, come to think of it, for New Vegas. I think none of the 3D games have the kind of nihilistic undertone that the original two games have. I mean, but I see what you're trying to say here. I mean, Fallout New Vegas is the best of the 3D games, but I wouldn't put it at the same shelf as 1 and 2. I mean, okay, it is... Okay, we can agree to disagree, yeah, yeah. It is definitely. a step in the right direction, but I wouldn't call it a masterpiece. I would definitely call 1 and 2 a masterpiece, you know what I mean? Because enough, if you want to, like, say, like, if you don't even want to compare, like, Fallout 3, if you want to compare a post-apocalyptic sh- uh, th- shooter, mm-hmm. you know, with, like, strong moral choices, with, like, a strong narrative which had a nihilistic undertone but also at the same time very acerbic comedy and wit right dude Bioshock exists the first one <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go you know like that like, was your first pursuit to like right if you there, want yeah. if you wanted like a post-apocalyptic you know uh, 
basically first person shooter where basically the world's gone mad and mutation has taken over yeah Bioshock you know you can even look to System Shock you can even look to like well maybe not yeah that, that's more of like exploring a dystopian what used to be a mm. paradise and not be dystopia and all that Fallout was definitely more like okay this is one part of America it's gone through post-apocalyptic but like stuff. I mean you brought up the Deal fact but when you brought up nihilistic undertones right I why I say it's missing from the new games right is because you're given the choice to do good I would say in Fallout 1 and 2 you had the choice to get out of sticky situations by talking your way out of it but not out of good but out of necessity whereas mm, like what I'm trying to say okay, in, okay. like about Fallout 1 and 2 right why it had a strong nihilistic undertone right is because it was a constant reminder that the world is garbage and shit it is a broken future inhabited by broken people surrounded by broken buildings and it was a constant reminder of the futility of it all I mean that is what is that's the key that's missing in the new Fallout games because I never felt the sense of urgency like when they remove the, the radiation uh like you know the game mechanic where basically yeah you're just slowly dying and you have only like a finite amount of time to actually you know achieve anything within this world right when i play the new fallout games and then i realize like oh it's been like six game months uh, and i'm worried about whether like my, my potatoes are growing in fallout 4 it's like yeah something's missing here you know yeah, i'm constantly yeah, checking myself and thinking what is it about this new fallout game that i dislike and it, I mean, one for me to speak, like, I have championed that it's gameplay over storytelling several times on this <laughs> podcast. But but for but you have to agree, with Fallout 1, 2, and New Vegas, it makes sense because everything, there's a unique context of why the hell you do this out of necessity. I know, much. I know what you mean, but, like, yeah, the thing for, is, Fallout New Vegas, you still, it didn't make it seem like you had no other choice. You get what I mean? Okay, in, in the first one, you had to find a water chip to help out your um, yeah. your your vault. And then after you did that, yeah, it turns out that super mutants are going to F up the world. So you kind of need to solve that problem. So this is what I'm trying to say. is like, you had no other choice than to find the water chip. And if you didn't within the allocated time, game over. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There is that constant threat of, this is th- that constant threat of, this is the world you live in. Okay, you have to, it's dog eat dog. You have to survive any means necessary. And when I say nihilistic undertone, right, is at the end of the game, oh yeah, no happy ending still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you get yeah. kicked out. And then Fallout yes. 2, not only was it super nihilistic, but that, that pitch dark black humor that basically, the world is shit. You might as well have fun. You know what I mean? And just how, I would say, you know, gratifying it was just to be the alpha dog in this giant wasteland of people. Well, you did ended up saving your village because uh, after you get the Eden ship, they got kidnapped by the Enclave, if I recall. Yeah, I, you get I, I, I see. What, I mean, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, when you kill things in Fallout games, okay, there was a, a, a delicious and very malicious sense of satisfaction that is missing from the new games. Like, when I play the new Fallout games, like, death doesn't have the same kind of quandary as it did in the original games. You get the slowdown effect and everything that was introduced in part 3, which was fun for a while. Which has been around in all yeah. the Elder Scrolls games because we need to show off this cool ragdoll effect, which is yeah, extremely yeah. boring and breaks immersion immediately for me. I mean, like, ask any Fallout fan, right? The best thing about the first two games was just how gruesome it was. 
like getting a minigun and like turning a guy into tomato soup or <laughs> like getting a ray or gun. just or just destroying his entire flesh or just turning into dust and ash you know like just like a shot in the guts and you see his rib cage explode and most importantly the death cries like just the screams of pain and torment as they fall down and then you felt to yourself and when you get a critical hit that was actually satisfying yeah you know what I mean like crunch and then like when you play something like Fallout 3 or 4 and you're like just a pistol is enough to knock the guy's head off and you're like okay this is this is a video game (laughs) yeah I definitely feel that is definitely missing in New Vegas yeah I mean like why don't you guys just just the death just the deaths bring back some of the most fucked up deaths ever because like you have to understand it's like we been properly desensitized like you can't just show us ragdoll effects and say oh look how gruesome that is look how brutal this is like nah that that just shows how much of a video game this is I mean like Fallout 1 when you shoot somebody in the nuts and they go down cratching their crotch and just screaming ah my family jewels like like you can Mm, and also don't forget how you kill the master lieutenant in the last stage and how if you were to you know talk through like if you were to defeat the master like through brute force you get to see a special animation yeah and that's the thing it's like you get to savor that um that sadistic intent you have as compared to these new games it's like when you kill somebody by accident you're just like ah shit you know what I mean whereas in the old games it's like because it was turn based also probably you know like the fact that the game would just stop and it would linger on like you know this loss of life and then you could that was what I, I felt like that's where the moral ambiguity was the strongest because when you were there to witness it and you were to look at it yourself and then you like I caused that yeah, yeah. I'm an evil person why am I or, enjoying this so much or if I recall <laughs> you had to rally some people against uh, Decker or was it uh, Gizmo if I recall like in an old army I mean what I don't miss is basically the turns you get because you have other NPCs joining you and you have to wait for the turn to finish for a turn-based game. Dude, I didn't but mind that at that, all. That skill was fine. I mean, there was a strategy and tactic to that as compared yeah, to the... Yeah. Okay, and that's what I also kind of, like, you know, miss about um, uh, the old Fallout games is, like, as much as people say, you know what? If you like the old stuff, like, the VATS is still around. It's like, yeah, but VATS is not VATS. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same. It's like, yeah. in fact, VATS in the new Fallout games are extremely pointless because as long as you know how to aim, you're fine. You know, there's no real sense of, like, picking a p- person apart, you know? Yeah, yeah. You just do it because you want to pause the entire thing. You want yeah. to have that sort of feeling just to get that critical shot. I mean, like, you know what, See the my, That's it. what I, my dream is? I want a Fallout game, right? Where if you shoot a guy in the arm, okay, he doesn't just fall down. He doesn't just ragdoll. He clutches the stump and he screams in agony and you look at him, you know? And that. So basically, you won your Soldiers of Fortune death animation. No, no, no. This Soldiers part. of Fortune was even more ridiculous with their, like, you know, because those were so. You know what would be the best example? What? Ninja Gaiden 2 for the Xbox. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. Like, right, when you right, see, see them suffer, you know what I mean? Because that's the true moral ambiguity. It's like, death isn't an en- uh, a means to an end, death has a very strong. A guttural, visceral kind of quality to it. I mean, the first Fallout games, right, you have to understand, right, they were kind of chastised for how dark it was. 
I mean, like certain versions of uh, Fallout One, if I'm not mistaken, in, like the international. I think they were censored in Germany. If I yeah, recall, they 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 censored the violence, and then there's I think Fallout One had all the children removed because they didn't want you to kill children, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, which led to some bugs like invisible children or something. Sure, right? you know, but like, yeah. and then that's the thing is like it gave you the choice. Like even GTA doesn't allow you to kill kids, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Like Fallout One, yeah, you could if you wanted to. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could definitely, you know, uh, embark in things like gambling, prostitution. It was very grown up, in a way. You could even be an adult superstar in part in two, right? Fallout you two, could be a porn recall, star, yeah. sure. And like, yeah, yeah. is there any of that replicated in three and four? Nope. This is mostly building nope. and stuff. It's basically, hey, I'm a guy. I need help. Could you do this for me? Uh, okay, sure. And even if you and the worst thing is right, if you kill the person, there is no true repercussions. You know what I mean? It's like basically okay, you lock yourself out from a certain section of a game, but that doesn't affect like you know um, the world at all. You know, like especially like when you get these random optional missions, I'll kill this person, and then you talk to the person, don't kill me, I'll give you money. Okay, I'll take your money, <laughs> kill you, and I'll take more money. You know what I mean? It didn't. It, yeah. it didn't feel like it was a true life and death choice. It didn't feel like. I needed to really, you know, check my moral barometer. It felt more like, okay, well, how do what do I gain from this? You know what I mean? It, it felt yeah, so yeah. gamey. It's like it it lacks that true immersion that the original Fallout games had. Like the original Fallout games, you just felt like, I mean, it. Uh, the best thing about Fallout New Vegas is it paid tribute to the source material. And I would say also in turn, the best things about Fallout 1 and 2 is it paid tribute to their source material. Which, which is a wasteland. Which is recall, basically right? Mad Max. Which is basically uh, that, uh, I think, what was that? Uh, a boy and his dog. You know? Mm-hmm. Right, You right. know, like this kind of, like, okay, in the, in, the, in, in, the, in the far future, we were promised amazing, like, you know, uh, shiny, like, you know, spaceships. Flash Gordon style, like retro, like, you know, Vault Boy kind of like body hugging suits with laser guns and everything was just so like kitschy and cool. And then the juxtaposition with what the future really looked like. And it's like, especially when it came to the music, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I, if you remember the first Fallout game, right, the music, like the, the opening song was basically like what, Bing Crosby? It was it was the Ink Spots, if I recall. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe. I'm in love, I'm in love with a guy. You're like, and, and then the second game was uh, Louis Armstrong, if I recall. Yeah, you know, What a Wonderful World. And if you, no, 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 uh, The Gift That Keeps On Giving. Oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that. yeah. But think of it this way. It's like, that was the perfect intro. Because then comes that straight uh, guillotine chop of reality. Like, okay, remember what we promised the future to be? Nope, this is the shit nope. right now. And, and people are just trying to get by with whatever And you got. know what's fucking missing in, like, uh, the new Fallout games? What? That dissonant industrial ambient soundtrack. Because if you played the first two Fallout games, right, it was nothing but this very mechanical, pulsating kind of, like, um, uh, uh, this, this. It was more of atmosphere, mechanical music. Yeah, it was something you. It was this dissonance. Like it was a reminder, a constant reminder that the world had fallen all around you, and nothing but steel girders, the skeletons of the of 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 the past civilization exists. And you would play something like the new Fallout, and it's like, oh, I can listen to like Bing Crosby on the and and you know all the different uh, Louis Armstrong stuff. Yeah, and, and, and it kind of loses the irony because all of a sudden, 
It's like, oh, because Grand Theft Auto had radio stations, we should have radio stations. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't uh, feel like... To be fair, they actually brought back the composer for New Vegas, if I recall. The guy who did part one and part two. They, he sort of made a comeback. For which ones? Uh, new, just New Vegas, that's it. Because part three and four were done, the soundtrack was done by Inon Zer. So it has that whole, like, open world kind of... Imagine a Bethesda game, but set in the far future kind of vibe. Super generic open world sounds, right? I won't say generic, but it's definitely not Fallout, that's for sure. Uh, but I would say it's very, like, you would recognize it as... Less mechanical, uh, Less mechanical. And I'm like, I sense. mean, definitely you as, like, you know, a soundscapes, as a, as a, as a video game music fan, right? Yeah. Okay, just remember, just how claustrophobic the soundtrack was. Yeah, you know, yeah. just hearing, like, that, that the banging of metal out in the distance, and you're thinking to yourself, what is possibly out there? You know, yeah. and it's just like you could. What am I gonna discover? What am I gonna kill? No, no, it's not even what, what I'm gonna discover. It's like what is making that noise, and how do I not die from it? <laughs> you know, yeah, there was yeah. that constant reminder of death at every corner. You know, like like just random things would kill you, and mm-hmm. that's what's missing with this game. Like a sense of, I would say, stakes, consequences. You know, there was. I mean, my my biggest critique about the new Fallout games is basically it has lost what made the original game so uh, enjoyable which is oh man it's more of a passive voice when you think about it because Mm. part 3 if I remember every major thing that happens it's always either Liam Neeson as your dad or that woman who comes into the picture there's too many assholes talking in these two games yeah there's (laughs) too many people being active participants not you because Fallout is supposed to be your character surviving or you know doing stuff out there can I ask you a simple being question being the active voice yeah okay in regards to Fallout 3 right how bullshit was that intro tr- tutorial section yeah the less said <laughs> about that the better how you know, wow. you know how hand holding mod- fuck that yeah. is all of that right yeah like okay compare that bull, bull crap to like what Fallout 1 and 2 did yeah. <laughs> Fallout 1 actually led you to a village where your tutorial happens without it telling you that's a tutorial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Shady Sands was basically your quote-unquote tutorial stage where some things you do have consequences. You can do this, you can do that, you can sneak, or whatever. Yep. And then Junktown was your second test. And then the world's your oyster after that. Now, okay. And then for Fallout <laughs> yeah. 2 was the gecko. You know, like the, the village you're at. Yes, yes. Right? And then like when you play Fallout 3, like... And it's such cheesy... It is some of the worst writing history. It's like, you know when you ask a bad writer, where do we begin? How about yeah. from when you were born? It's like, oh, you corny <laughs> motherfucker. You have zero and, ideas. Which is why I'm glad that when New Vegas came out, like, the first thing you do was, oh, you basically were a guy shot in the head by some asshole. And you survived. <laughs> yeah, and you survived somehow, and that's how you get your stats done. And then your tutorial was in the village. Whether you do good or bad, it's up to you. Like, Kill you know? Bill much? Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, that whole uh, consequence thing actually was told with was actually given to you without you being mm. told being handholded you know yeah. in uh, New Vegas I mean like to me Fallout New Vegas as good as it is right it still feels like a nerfed version of the original games you know what I mean it, it didn't have that kind of like I, I didn't feel bad making the choices I made as compared to Fallout 1 and 2 whereas Fallout 1 and 2 is like there was a sense of guilt that like followed every action I made but when you when you sense Shady Sands to the, ra- to the Raiders yeah like, and then basically <laughs> like you're thinking to yourself like what if I was just a total asshole and like, oh, why is this more fun? And it's like, and then you were just questioning like, yeah, I'm not a good person. <laughs> I felt really bad actually letting that, uh, what's that, the good springs to those raiders in the end when I tried out my second playthrough when I wanted to go to Kaiser's Legion. 
to see their philosophies and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get that same feeling, like, in that sense. So, I guess we're different in that aspect, but at the same time, I don't know, like, I mean, Fallout 1 and 2, you feel the weight because of how well these characters are written, written no matter how small they are. Like, from Killian, voiced by Richard Dean Anderson from the first game. Dude, yeah. To even Gizmo as well, yeah. Wait, to, uh, who, who did Keith David play? I can't remember. Keith David, Keith David was the Decker. He was actually in the second town after Junk The Sheriff, right? Uh, no, 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 no. The sheriff was Richard Dean Anderson. Richard Dean Anderson. Huh? The the crime boss was uh, by Deckard was by, uh, yeah, Keith David in the other town. I, I want the... Keith David to voice all the characters. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get Michael Dorn. Michael Dorn was uh, Worf himself. Was... Yeah, yeah, Worf. He was actually a Marcus. He was Marcus in Two and uh, New Vegas, if I recall. Yes. Yeah. You know what? You should also get Patrick Stewart to play a Deathclaw. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. Yes, a Deathclaw that came out from the. Bowels Every time he beat you, he would say engage. Number two. Engage. <laughs> okay, but but joking aside, I would say... Uh, they pick the voice actors really well. I mean, even though they're like short but sweet in a sense too. You know, like it fits. Mm. That's, that budget they went through for the VOs actually worked really well. I would say this also, like, this was the last truly, I would say, entertaining narrative experience I had in a video game. I mean, like, why I'm so bored with so many of uh, modern video gaming's narrative experiences, right? I mean, you can all just boil it about down to the comparison to Fallout 3, where it felt like, this is somebody else's story, and I'm just watching this other person, like, you know, go through the paces. Whereas in Fallout 1, is like, this is the world. It's your own story, dude. Yeah. What do you want to do? And like, yeah. are you willing to like, you know, face the consequences? And then like, you know, that that gleeful intent of like, who can I murder now? <laughs> and what can or I get away with? Do you want to be that asshole who dooms a town full of uh, ghouls because you want that water chip really bad? Or and then, you know, you want to fix and it? And you ask yourself, you? you know what? I, ghouls have never been. Not, they've never done anything good for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, I mean, although it was fun to talk to Harold. I wait. Harold was in the second game or the first game? I forgot. He, the, the, the the ghoul with the tree coming out of his. Head. I know who you're talking about. I also can't remember yeah, yeah. right now. Shit. Yeah, these games are like these games are twenty years old, man. Shit. But dude, but dude, when I even when I talk to you, even if you don't remember most of it, I still mention some bits here and there, and you still remember most of it. That's the that's the that's the power of a really compelling game. Yeah, that has when you remember great gameplay and great story in the end, you know that combines when mashed together, they can go hand in hand if you do it right. I would say this right, um, Class King fans, uh, Fallout seventy six, don't buy it. If you want to play a modern version of the classic Fallout games, uh, go with Mr. Toffee's recommendation. Uh, Fallout yeah, New, New Vegas. Vegas. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's as great as the original two. But then the original two is like apples and oranges. They're not yeah, yeah. open world FPS games. Uh, they're more because, like, I would say this. Right? I mean that that charm that the first two games have, and just how you know, like, it, it was such a shock to the senses when it came out because you have to understand, like, uh, even like the most violent game at that point was probably like Quake Two. Oh. Carmageddon, that was pretty violent back in the day. Yeah, but Carmageddon was, was, but you didn't see Rip Cage, <laughs> like poking out through a dead body as you did. Yeah, when fall you had out. chunks of them after you've just used a sledgehammer or punch him with a power fist, that was brutal, dude. But, but the it. thing is, Carmageddon is Mortal Kombat brutal. It's like, oh, it's funny gore. You know what I mean? Uh, Whereas Fallout One is like, oh god, <laughs> this person is actually dead. Yeah, and uh, I would say also. If you do have the time and a bit of uh, 
Money to Spare, do seek out the original Fallout games. Fallout 1 is... Which is also out on Steam as well, if I recall. Yeah. Part 1 and Part 2. I mean, like, yeah. Fallout 1 is a goddamn masterpiece. It's like one of the few games I would give a 10 upon 10 to. And this might be my rose-tinted glasses speaking, you yeah. know, like, you know, from my point of view, but I feel that the graphics in Part 1 and Part 2 still hold up because of how Dude, they had animated to, they are. They had to craft those like talking heads out of clay and then 3D scan them this is yeah, 1997 1998 technology you, you have to admire you know like the, 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 the steps they had to take in order to give this us. and yes as much it is less of an uncanny valley than what they're giving us in the current Fallout games you yeah, know? yeah. I, felt, I mean that's probably my only beef with New Vegas like the graphics don't really hold up because they're all 3D and they're kind of with that same embryo engine. They have the 2008 have kind mod, of vibe, yeah. right? Like, it's like, okay. 2010-8 vibe, yeah. And unless you have a mod to change it all up, yeah, you're not going to like the, the these 2010 no, One thing I'll, I'll definitely want to bring up also, like, Fallout New Vegas, right? Goddamn. Get yourself a solid ENB mod and then like look for the guys who actually work uh, the wireframings on all the faces and everything. Mm-hmm. Fallout New Vegas can look fucking gorgeous if you if, yes, if you put if you put in the effort and do the research okay definitely I mean just spend like half a day researching what's available on Nexus mods and see I mean like I especially love the fact that they have such a, a strong rating system like you know exactly what the, what the ones to get are so I mean like Fallout New Vegas is definitely I mean if you want something that um, assimilates doesn't quite replicate the, the true blue Fallout experience definitely get New Vegas I mean my only real complaint about that game is like I'm not a fan of the cowboys and Indians kind of vibe it was going for the Mojave thing yeah you know I mean I get it like it's supposed to be set in like you know Vegas and all that because I kind of prefer the more um, lived in world vibe of like uh, Fallout 1 and 2 where it's like it, I mean, true that true that you know, it, yeah. it felt like it, it, it was like a Mad Max game you know what I mean before there was a Mad Max game True that, true that. And um, oh wait, wait! I remember there was actually a mod that came out recently to celebrate Fallout seventy six, where if you have New Vegas, you can actually play this mod, which lets you—it's basically like a three D version of Part One and Part Two. What? Yeah, <laughs> apparently I forgot what it's called, but it's out there. Um, you have to look it, look out for it. But I think it's called New California or something, something California. To all you guys out there who are modding the Fallout games, right? We salute you. Okay, yeah. you are doing God's work. <laughs> Seriously, yes. making these games look better than they should. You're making you know, these like games making it... last forever. Okay, I mean yes. Fallout One and Two definitely belong in the annals of like greatest of all the time. The best, the greatest best CRPGs time. out there. I mean, like yeah. I would say this right, Fallout One and Two, I would give both of them perfect tens. I mean, Fallout Two especially is slight. Is I kind of prefer Fallout Two's humor and certain references. <laughs> Yeah. Like Fallout One was basically I just like how mean spirited it was, and it, but at the same time this was really fresh, you know, like something as dystopian or as futuristic ish as Fallout One. Yeah, you know, when you see it, it's like wow, this is actually nice, you know, like how it moves, how it plays, and somehow fi- finding an Elvis Presley poster in a <laughs> crashed down UFO that was really like huh, okay, I guess it's funny too. You, I guess. Because he was an alien, that was like one of the rumors. Yes. <laughs> like he didn't die, yeah. he just went back to his planet. Because no human being could sing like the king. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And there was actually one thing I like about New Vegas. They actually paid tribute to the king by having a gangster group that actually mimics the king. Really? <laughs> yeah. I remember, oh, uh, I remember that, that now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then that's the only side quest you can do to actually get that robot dog companion, I believe. 
Which is like definitely paying tribute to the boy and his dog story, right? There you go. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, which like, Fallout One did with dog meat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Man, if only it was psychic too. Huh? Yeah. You know, you know, what I miss about Fallout One. What? Uh, what was that perk that made everything random? Huh? Like literally. Uh, that that was uh not mysterious stranger, right? Um, there was something weird. Ah, I forgot that perk, but I know which one you're talking. It's the about. one that made critical failure random. Uh, like literally, your dog could the dog your dog's legs could just fall off for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah, playing I know that. Which, yeah. Like, I think yeah, that's one thing I also miss about the old Fallout games. Like that game was just designed to fuck with you. I mean, compared to these <laughs> yeah. ones, where it, and it we felt, love it all the more for it. Yeah, I mean, there's too much uh, blue skies and green trees in the new Fallout games. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Especially in part four, which is kind of alright if you don't. Yeah, I mean, again, the Fallout name is attached there. You kind of have to put it at that pedestal. You have to put it at that same way of judging a Fallout game, per se. Yeah, you know? I mean, that's the problem. Don't call it Fallout. Because you yeah. will only draw comparison, which is unfair. And if you're not out to make a true sequel, you know, I mean, I would say this, like, be brave. Yeah. Go forth with your own ideas, your own IPs. Yeah. Because, like... You're only going to piss off the old school fans. You're only going to confuse possible new fans. And basically, you're just going to tarnish the name of something that, you know, all these geniuses and writers and artists, like, collaborated to create, you know? And which left a, le- a lasting legacy on us. You know, it's like basically what Disney's doing with Star Wars movies. <laughs> I, guess what I guess what, the only thing I can add is, um, yeah, if Obsidian, if you got some free time after all your... Give us a call, um, we'll tell you how to fix the Pillars of Eternity too. <laughs> I'm sure you have really good ideas to follow up New Vegas and, you know, try your best to top part one and part two in your own way. You know, Please, do it now if you can. That's what I was thinking. I mean, like, basically, what you need to do is what basically they did with Torchlight, like from the original creators of Diablo. Because yep. after the shit, shum, the, the shit storm that was Diablo 3, like basically, oh wait, by the way, Torchlight 2 came out. You want to play an actual Diablo game? The guys who made Diablo already made. <laughs> they made yeah. the, the true sequel to Diablo. So, uh, I don't know. I think with that analogy, I think we can actually wrap up the show. Yes. Because we've talked a lot of Fallout. And notice we, more s- than we, and we skipped out on the Brotherhood of Steel. I think the less said about that, the better. <laughs> you know what? I mean, we're talking about the PS2 Brotherhood of Steel, right? Yeesh. Yeah. What? Please what the ignore, hell was ign- that? ignore it. It is basically like Deus Ex: Invisible War. Yeah, yes. it exists. With, with, we don't with, acknowledge with it. Balls, <laughs> drink balls. Yeah. You know. Or 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 what? Kills kills. What you know? What we need on our Fallout games: kill, switch, engage, playing in the background. Dude, but the the the, 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 the Devon Townsend song was amazing, though. <laughs> Yeah, but it does not fit the whole like. I know, I know. Is, you know that aesthetic. You know. Speaking of clueless, not paying respect, paying tribute to it. You know, you know. I would say this also. Um, Fallout seventy six happened, and there's nothing we can do about it. But if you're out there and you're on the fence and you're wondering to yourself whether you should drop all that hard-earned cash to play a game that isn't Fallout, we're here. The last king are reminding you again. No, it isn't a Fallout yeah. game. Spend your sing, spend your hundred sing or a hundred US elsewhere. You know, this is giving me more than enough impetus to start a Patreon page. Give us the money. <laughs> we'll tell you about our ideas for the perfect Fallout game right here, uh, yeah. Lasky Podcast. In a very special one-hour episode. <laughs> yes, we will do that. Man, I mean, we can wax lyrical about Fallout for a long time, but I think we should start wrapping yeah. this up, Mister Toffee. Yep, yep. And with that, I think we can just cap up this entire episode. How should we end this, this... episode? Huh? Maybe with a nuclear bomb. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, to all our last kick fans, this has been uh, Shafiq. And 
this has been this is Tafi and we're signing out. Goodbye. Because war, war never changes. God damn it.